you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. I'm Jesse Bates III with the Cincinnati Bengals, um, and I'm here with Jim Trotter Jr., the, se- the third, and Steve. Uh, and we're on the Huddle Huddle and Flow podcast. <laughs> All right, welcome to yet another Huddle and Flow podcast. I'm Steve White with my dude, Jim Trotter. Jim, we are winding it down the season. And, you know, we thought this was the weekend we were going to get some clarity. Psych. Psych. It just. Buccaneer, Buccaneer showing up. I mean. <laughs> we're, we're getting there, Steve. Like I said, you know, a week ago, I think the teams at the top, we know who they are. And the rest are kind of, you know, middling around down there trying to find their way. Um, but isn't it interesting that one of the things we're going to be talking about in these last two weeks um, is that maybe when when you're bad, it can be a good storyline. So, and I'm talking about the NFC East. So, who's going to win this thing? I think um, you know there were teams that had opportunities to make moves there this weekend and didn't. But I still say, looking at it um, right now, I would have to say Washington's the front runner. Well, obviously the front runner. They're in first place now in the division. But I think if you're picking one team to win it. I think it's Washington based on its schedule, you know, playing Carolina at home and then at Philly. And that's even regardless of who's starting at quarterback. Um, because the one thing I can say, the one thing I took away from Sunday, I was happy to see Dwayne Haskins play well in the fourth quarter right. of that game. You know, I think I think that young kid has been put through a lot, not necessarily all his fault uh, this year. And so for me to see him overcome some adversity early where he made a couple of poor decisions – and to go out and throw for 170 yards and a touchdown and lead two touchdown drives in the fourth quarter to have a chance, you know, to try and beat the Seahawks w- was huge. So 
you know, his play along with that of Jalen Hurts for the Eagles. Jalen Hurts making it making it interesting about what's going to happen this offseason with that club. And, he's not making it interesting. He's making it easy. Well, he's making it easy except from this standpoint, Steve. You and I both know that when a team drafts a quarterback high, and we're talking number two overall, uh, it's very hard for them to give up on that player, particularly after you've paid him now a contract that that's one of the highest in the league. So um, there are rumblings that Carson Wentz isn't happy about what's going on, but the reality is it's too bad. Jalen Hurts deserves to keep that job. I'll be interested to see if he continues to play this well down the stretch, how this plays out in the offseason and going into next year. Oh, I, I don't think it, it, you know, unless he just completely botches the final two games, but he's shown no sign of doing with the courage and the way that everyone else is playing around him. Yeah. Look at the joy that guys are playing with. Even in a loss to Arizona, we were talking about Jalen Hurts and the way the Eagles players responded. And Jim, just doing some of the math calculations, some of the cap stuff, even if the Eagles were to trade Carson Wentz next year, and there's a lot of talk that maybe the Colts and Frank Wright we want to reunite if Philip Rivers doesn't want to come back. What's the best way to offset that is to have a quarterback on a rookie second-round contract. They say that even if you trade him with the guaranteed money they owe, they actually come out ahead because of Hertz's contract. So that's something that they can look at if you're, if you're being analytical and, and cap-wise and whatnot. Yeah, you don't want to see Carson Wentz go someplace else and thrive. But he's had some opportunities with the Eagles. Granted, not great circumstances. Their offensive line is beat up. The receivers have been in and out of the field. Their defense is banged up. But you know what? Jalen Hurts is playing with that, playing with that as well. He's at least showing like he's he's trying to thrive a little bit. Well, so, it, it's funny, Steve. I know in the media we're not supposed to root for players, so to speak. But when you look at at, at Jalen Hurts's uh, journey from college coming in. You know, playing for a national champion, starting for a national champion, losing his job to Tua, um, the way that he handled that entire situation, transferring, never saying a bad word about anybody, just putting down his head, going to work, trying to improve his game, to, you know, putting up incredible numbers his final year in college and yet not being drafted until the second round, I think still because of some um, Neanderthal uh, thinking on the part of some clubs uh, who only want to view you know, a young black mobile quarterback a certain way. I couldn't be happier for the success that he's having right now. I mean, this kid just just seems all class um, and he's getting it done. And this team has responded to it for him. Well, we talk about guys in their journey. Our special guest today has been on one hell of a journey. And then we're talking about Darren Waller, the Pro Bowl tight end for the Las Vegas Raiders. His Pro Bowl announcements just came out Monday evening. And we know, look, he's a guy who got drafted by the Ravens, got kicked out of the league because he kept on failing drug tests. And now he's back, killing it with the Raiders, one of the best players in the NFL, very open and talking about his journey because he wants to help people. He always says, my most dangerous weapon is my story. And so we're going to have him on in just a few minutes. But, Jim, just before we get to Darren, just some thoughts about him and some of the things – that he's tried to do to get the Raiders over the hump, which they're just, they're just not able to do once again. Yeah, no, as you say, his story is so inspirational to me for a young man to face the adversity that he did adversity that he admits he created himself. Um, One, it shows accountability. And then two, to realize that now there's a greater purpose for him 
Um, it's just powerful. And so those are the kind of people you're happy to see them have success. And, you know, I think people will enjoy this interview from the standpoint of he still he has his feet firmly on the ground. You know, the success that he's having now, he's on pace for a second consecutive 1000 yard season. As you say, he just got his first Pro Bowl um, and his name is being mentioned in terms of his accomplishments with Hall of Famers at that position. When you talk about what he's done the last three weeks. So um, but he's so level headed. You know, and I think it's because of everything that he went through that I just hope that that he continues to have great health and great success. All right. Well, on that note, let's bring in the new Las Vegas Raiders pro bowler, Darren Waller. All right, Jim, now we are joined by pro bowler. Darren Waller of the Las Vegas Raiders. Darren, when you when you hear that Pro Bowler, when your peers are the ones who select you for an honor like that, how does that feel? Uh, it's definitely an honor because, uh, you know, you can't trick those guys that are in the trenches with you. Um, they know the game. They know who's uh, really putting the work in and really uh, doing what they need to do to succeed. So um, it means a lot to me coming from the guys that, you know, I'm going to war with. That definitely means the most. You know, Darren, you, you've been open with your story and, and hoping that people learn from it, um, from being back in Baltimore, being let go, the failed drug test, and now you're excelling on the field and, and in life. And I wonder how you would describe your journey from then to now. What's the word that comes to mind? The first word that pops into my mind is necessary. Um, you know, there's a lot of the ways that I approached life back then. Um, you know, I wanted other people to approve of me, other people to, you know, uh, affirm of me. And I just wanted to be, you know, accepted and I didn't want to stand out. I wanted to be normal. I didn't want to be different. But as now it's like where my life has turned and changed. Uh, I feel like I've been able to set myself apart by being different, by going against the grain and doing things that a lot of people may not be doing. Uh, and that's what's helped me uh, get to this place today. So I had to fail. I had to go through everything and it was necessary for me to, uh, you know, be sitting here on this call with y'all today. And how much more satisfying does that make this moment? Uh, it makes it real satisfying, honestly. Um, and it's, uh, you know, something that I can just sit back and reflect on and just realize how blessed I am. But also I can see it from a perspective of, you know, not being complacent from it and knowing that uh, it's a process uh, going forward. I'm still going to have to, you know, go to work tomorrow and prepare. Uh, it's, it's always going to be something that's going to continue. And I feel like in order for me to best, you know, show that I deserve this war to continue to improve, continue to grow and, uh, you know, not settle on this. So, so Darren, in, in you saying that, how, I guess, motivating is it or challenging is it to not get complacent? Like you hit a goal and instead of saying, okay, I hit that, using it as a springboard to raise the bar. My coach, uh, Frank Smith, is uh, uh, on me about, uh, you know, improving every day and it's a race to improve uh, is, is who separates themselves in this league. And, uh, you know, I just feel like I have a new gratitude for the game and knowing that, you know, it's been taken from me before. So I know that I just want to make the most of it while I can. And, you know, knowing I had a, a teammate, uh, a former teammate pass away uh, a few days ago, it's like, you know, I want to maximize on every opportunity that I get and not take anything for granted. You know, Darren, you, you're putting up some incredible numbers right now. Think about this. Over the last three games, you've had 29 receptions, 425 yards three TDs. 
Those 425 yards are the most all time by a tight end in a three game span in a, in a, in a season. Also, it was the second time this year that you've had 150 plus yards in the last three weeks. The only other tight ends in the Super Bowl era with two such games in an entire season are Hall of Famer Shannon Sharp and Kellen Winslow and former Raider Todd Christensen. To be in such company, what does that mean for you? And did you ever envision that you would be in that type of company? Uh, I definitely did not envision being in that type of company. Um, you know, I never had envisioned greatness, especially early on in my career. Um, I was just, you know, just trying to get by and, you know, definitely respect those guys and the way they played the game. Is, is the goal to be one of the greats now, knowing when you hear your name mentioned in that company, does it become something that motivates you to to be one of the greats? Uh, yeah, I just feel like with the with the skills that God has blessed me with, uh, I feel like it'd be a shame if I didn't try to maximize on them. And uh, I feel like I, if I'm consistent and do what I need to do and put together, you know, seasons and just individual games, individual days like I have been the past couple of years, uh, I feel like, you know, I'd be doing, uh, you know, right by myself. And, uh, you know, I feel like that I could continue to, you know, be in those conversations. So let me ask this. How do you defend Darren Waller? Because if they, they put that small corner on you, you're too physical for them. If they put that safety or, or linebacker, you got too much speed, athleticism. So how does someone defend Darren Waller? Uh, I would say uh, a mixture of coverages. Uh, you know, I would say if you're going to throw man, don't make it look like man or try to disguise it as much as possible because if you line up in it, I, I feel like, uh, I like my chances in, in my matchups, uh, but I would say, you know, mix zones up, have people dropping, safeties dropping out from being on the line scrimmage and running to the post and, you know, things like that just make things confusing because when you do that, it forces me to, you know, read things on the run, which is harder than just, okay, there's a man in front of me, I can just separate from him. That's, that's uh, it's simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. Um, whereas if you mix up coverages and throw hectic zones out there and things like that, it makes you think on the run and there could be somebody dropping under you at any point in time. Right, right. Hey, Darren, I want to go back to something you just said, and you mentioned it post-game after your last game, and that was the death of your former teammate, Lorenzo Taliaferro. Um, what, what, you know, what did that mean to you, and how is it kind of playing through that? Because we're, we're pretty much still in the moment. He was young. Um, it was unexpected. I and mean, how did that impact you, and how do you continue to push – these final few games uh yeah the first few days was tough honestly um to see him and you know we're the same age and to see him uh pass away is i mean i just didn't know what to make of it um just because i know he had a lot of plans uh on this earth and you know he had a young son uh so just for to see that it just you know lit up a, a new sense of urgency in me i feel like I had a little bit, you know, coming from my situations, but now seeing that happen and somebody close to me, I just, I've never had a friend uh, pass away. So that just, you know, lit something in me and made me want to, you know, go out there and represent him because, you know, he had some injuries that limited him from reaching his potential. And, you know, he's not here to be able to do that anymore, but I feel like I can shoulder that and go out there and represent him because we had these conversations about being great one day and, you know, when we got our opportunities, what we were going to do with them. So I feel like I can honor him by just, you know, maxing out every day on, you know, everything I possibly can. I'm wondering how, how often do you hear from young players um, 
who have gone through things and they look at your story and draw inspiration from it? Um, I hear from, I've heard from a lot of uh, players. Um, I feel like they can relate to the authenticity of what I'm saying or speaking on just because, you know, I, I feel like now at my stage, I can never talk down on any young guy. Like if there's ever a suspension that goes across the screen, it's not like a, what is he doing? Like what's wrong with him? It's like a, like a more of like a why trying to understand. And um, I feel like guys can relate to that energy and know that I'm willing to help in any way. So um, it means a lot to me when those guys do reach out because, you know, there's nothing wrong with them. They just uh, are just trying to deal with life the best that they can. And uh, I'm glad that they feel like they can reach out to me and, uh, you know, I'll just give them honesty back in return. Darren, how do you, I mean, do you make yourself available to young people? Because now your profile is raised, right? We talk about you being a pro football player. People know who Darren Waller is. It's you and Travis Kelsey, right? And, you know, you guys are the, the best tight ends. You do a lot of interviews. Have you had, be it young people who, who don't play football or whatever, who say, look, I want to be like him. Um, I'm having a tough time, even if it's dealing through COVID or something like that. Is there any way you can reach out or make that connection to try to help them get through a situation like this? Uh, yeah, um, I try to, you know, reach out to people, you know, who hit me up through Instagram DMs or try not to overlook any opportunity that I can to help somebody. But also at the same time, I know I can't uh, save anyone or, you know, heal, heal the entire world myself. Uh, I just try to do what I can and, um, you know, be there for people where I can. I try to, you know, it's just an encouraging message through Instagram for like a random fan. Like I'll just scroll through that sometimes and just pick somebody and try to say something encouraging, you know, I just know that uh, with the platform that I have now, that just simple words like that can go a long way. So I just try to stay conscious of that even when my days get, you know, super busy. Darren, you know, we got to ask you about this season. You got Raider Nation out on the edge right now. Things look so promising at one point and now the struggles have come. How are you guys dealing with it and how do you get it rectified? I know guys around here have a short memory they're excited about this game coming up and you know just the talent that miami brings to the table so you know we know we can't dwell on uh one game too long uh we've had a few days just to kind of lay around and reevaluate but um i know guys are gonna come hard and uh prepare the way they know how to prepare and uh just pull out, out there on the line uh we can't really control the results uh even though we'd like to but uh we just if you put together good football down after down uh I feel like we're capable, still capable of doing that today and uh, just let the rest of the season play out how it plays. We haven't heard what, what Derek's status is, but for Marcus to come in and play the way that he did, did you see that coming, say, in practice, in terms of preparation? Um, because you guys didn't miss a beat once he stepped in. Yeah, I mean, it didn't surprise me that much, honestly, just because the way Marcus works. Um, he's staying after practice, uh, working on that deep ball, that uh, he threw to me. He's throwing it into the net from 40 yards away. Um, so he's he's doing those reps, putting those work in with the quarterback coach after practice. Even though he's not getting those live reps, he's getting his reps after practice uh, and just putting that time in and having a good attitude and bringing energy to practice. And it's like he could have lost confidence in his abilities uh, numerous times. But for him to step in there like that um, without even, you know, having a preseason game or anything like that, it was just incredible. It was a pretty emotional moment for him after the game where he talked about basically it's not the same as you, but having the game taken from him, so to speak, after being a starter for so long and then getting that opportunity. Could you did you all have a conversation about that at all afterwards? 
nah, I mean, I just feel like that energy is just kind of felt uh, just from, you know, when he threw those first couple passes to me and just us celebrating after that, it was just like, I don't even think it needed to be said, but we both kind of knew that we could relate. You know, the circumstances may have been different as far as how the game was taken from both of us and how we both were kind of in adverse situations, but we could connect in those moments. And that's why I just ran right up to him and, you know, chest bumped him and was like excited for him because I know that he's battling some of the same, you know, uh, thoughts that I was. So it was just incredible to see. So, so Darren, as, as players, you know, you guys, you know, a lot of finger pointing at your defense, like, okay, the offense is playing well, the defense uh, isn't playing well, and that's why you're losing games. How do you, how do you stay together and, and not point fingers, especially when you see, you know, coaches on the other side of the ball get fired, and and so it kind of looks like it's easy to point fingers. Um, it's just, you know, letting guys know that, you know, we're still you know, it's still a brotherhood and uh, just competing with them at practice and encouraging them, you know, just letting them know that they're appreciated. Uh, they put in a lot of work in the off season to all the way through now. Um, we're with them uh, no matter what. And uh, the results don't define, you know, what we think about them, how much we appreciate them. You know, Darren, in, in prior to these last three games and five of the six games, I think um, you had been limited to 50 or fewer yards. I'm wondering, What's changed? Was there anything within the offense that changed that allowed you to start getting off these last three weeks? Uh, I just feel like sometimes, like I said, like the you can't really necessarily control the results. Uh, we were trying to, you know, enforce certain game plans, and um, sometimes it requires me to block more and uh, just get after it uh, and have it let other guys get their opportunities to shine. Uh, and I'm all for that. So um, I just know that those the games like these past few weeks will come, and there'll be waves in the season where you know the stats will be what I want them to be, and sometimes it won't be what I want them to be. But um, I just know that as long as the the habits there and the effort is there with the preparation and with practice, I feel like eventually, uh, you know, I'm going to get opportunities and take advantage of them. Do you feel like these last three weeks, and and maybe this is too strong a word, but do you feel unstoppable? I wouldn't say unstoppable. I feel. Uh, I feel like I'm uh, just like flowing out there. Uh, I feel like it's like it's not effortless, but it's not. Uh, it doesn't feel like I'm like straining to make plays. I just feel like I'm reading things better than I ever have, and uh, I just feel like I'm, I'm fresher physically than I was at this point last year and any other point of any season I've ever played. Yeah, I want to hit you about one of the more talked about games of the year that you guys were involved in against the Jets, the Hail Mary play. So everyone talks about how the Jets came with the zero blitz, but you stayed in and helped pick up that blitz. I mean, what, what about the fact that you you talk about being unselfish? If you don't pick up that blitz, D Derek doesn't be, isn't able to climb that pocket and make that throw. What about what you did, and then what about the overall end result of that crazy Hail Mary? Uh, yeah, that situation was insane, really. Um, <laughs> it wasn't the coverage that we would normally expect in that situation, but um, – you know, Derek called me in to protect and, you know, we've gone over all that stuff in protection meetings and, you know, everyone knew with all the stunts and twists that they were doing, like everyone knew what that uh, stunt was and was just able to pick it up. And, uh, you know, for the whole days, like I'm catching the ball, but in order for to make the biggest play for our team, it's like I got to do something completely different. And, uh, you know, I, I appreciate that play more than any other play that was made that day. That's wow. big. You, you've got to have unselfishness among guys being willing to give it up. Because you talk, even in Kansas City, when I talk to Travis Kelsey, he'll talk about whatever it takes to win. 
And if that means on a certain day, I'm not getting a number of balls, so be it, but we're winning. Um, for you, I get that sense of unselfishness as well. I ask you, Darren, this Raiders team, I mean, John has been trying to build this thing now for three years. Where do you feel you guys are at now? And how close are you to being right? Um, I feel like there's definitely growth um, as far as, you know, young players stepping in and our offensive line uh, is great when that, when all five of them are out there. Um, Derek's playing efficiently. Um, so as far as, you know, being an offensive player, I feel like we're uh, controlling what we can control uh, as we go from week to week. Um, I know the defense, there's, there's, there's talent on that side of the ball uh, that I believe in. I'm excited about this team. I have a lot of faith in this team. I, I won't. Uh, so I'm looking forward to how we continue to grow. I'm, I'm wondering what it's going to be like inside that new stadium when you get fans in it, because me being a Bay Area native, you know, the black hole was a black hole. And, and, and yeah, you know, so you guys as players, how much do you think about what is it going to be like when we finally have fans in this place? Yeah, I think about that a lot. Um, just from, you know, some of the games that we've, we've had at home, like the Saints game and the Kansas City game, you just, I just envision how crazy those atmospheres would be if the fans are there. And uh, it'll probably be a different, a little different feel than the, you know, how rugged the black hole was. But I just felt like how perfect that was to the franchise and how well that fit. Uh, it'll be a little more upscale in Vegas, but uh, I still expect, you know, the same kind of energy and, you know, you know, those people make that experience what it is. They're just part of the Raiders as we are. But Darren, truthfully here, man, how weird is it playing a football game with no fans? Right. It's so <laughs> quiet, like, in just like a heated moment in the game, like like a third and seven, got to have a situation, and it's just like, you know, you hear a napkin hit the ground. So it's just, it's just a weird situation. And truthfully, and- I, I mean, people expect you all to have your energy up every Sunday, every moment. As a player, how much energy do you actually draw from the crowd? It's a buzz. Like those people are with you. Like if there's, if you're not having uh, your best game and you make a play at some point and you got those people behind you, like, and they still supporting you. Yeah. Having the fans there does make a difference. Uh, home field advantage is real. Hey, Darren, with all the kind of the gut checks that you guys have had to go through, no fans, injuries, whatever, what has it been like going through some of the, I mean, it, every team's been hit by it, but some of the COVID circumstances where all of a sudden there's guys who, can't play or something. I mean, how is it to battle through that, adjusting lineup, stuff like that? Yeah, it's, you know, being indescribable. You know, it's like, it seems like, you know, almost once every two weeks or so, like we have, we have something happen with us. You know, it's always a player coming back and then it's like another one going out. And it's like, you know, that those guys are, you know, doing what they need to be doing. But it's just like the virus doesn't care what you're doing, really. It could, it could catch you at any moment. So it's, been difficult and we could have you know made excuses about it but uh we choose not to and that's why i respect this team but you know it's funny because what we talk about here is is change behavior and it's like the nfl is asking you all and coaches and everyone else to learn a new behavior on the fly so to speak and and that's what i find to be so difficult like when you come down on folks because there'll be times I go to the grocery store and got my mask in the car and I get out and go start to go in. And I realize, oh, I forgot my mask because it's a new behavior I have to learn that I haven't yet. So, for instance, when they came down on you, finding you for not having a mask out at, at, at an event, did you feel that that was fair? 
Um, I feel like just from, you know, looking at the law, like straight up, it said, if you're not wearing your mask, you're subject to it. And when I was on stage talking, um, you know, there weren't people running up on me while I was talking up there, but I didn't have my mask on and that's the law. So I understand it from that point. Yeah. I'm not trying to get you in any trouble on oh, that. Nah, I just nah, think that yeah. it, nah, yeah. it's just such a different, difficult circumstance yeah. when, even when you're trying to do the right thing, you know, you're going to slip up at times and make mistakes. So I know if they were watching me, I'd probably been fined probably several different times already. So, um, and I'm trying my damnedest to do the right thing, you know? So, but Darren, I see, so you know, I used to wear my mask now. I'm, I'll, I'll be in the house like for like 30 minutes and still have a mask on. Like, why well, I still got my mask on now? So. <laughs> I do it all the time. My wife is like, you getting dizzy because you walk around the house with your mask on. I'm like, oh, darn. <laughs> hey, Darren, real quick before you get out of here, if, we, if you don't mind having a little fun with us, what is like on your pregame playlist? Like when you're out there on the field doing your thing, what are you, what are you getting right to? What's on the playlist? Um, I feel like people would be really shocked by the music that I listen to before the game. Um, I like listening to, uh, you know, rappers that use like soulful samples. It's just like real like chill. Um, one of them, which is, uh, is a rapper named Ransom. Another one is uh, a rapper named Rock Marciano. Those are two of my favorites for the game. It's just like that keeps me even keel. I used to listen to a lot of up-tempo stuff. And now it's just like real slow, like no drums on it. Just, you know, I just go out there and it's just like, I know I got to come back down to that calm state to execute so i just like that and it just allows me to roll and be smooth out there darren how are you going to celebrate tonight this honor first pro bowl uh honor how are you going to celebrate i'll probably call my family um you know watch a little bit of miami tape get something to eat and go to bed early man like wait hold up you're talking to us before you even talk to your family right i was about to say hold no, up man, Are they I, I, called you up? I called in before the news dropped uh, and let them know what was going to happen. So, but I couldn't talk to them for too long because we had stuff to do. But I'm gonna call them like for a, a little while longer in in an hour or so here. All right, bro. I was I was about to give you a little hell on that because you know they, <laughs> they weren't gonna be good with that. You know. Yeah. <laughs> no, but we we appreciate you coming on, Darren. Man, you you're killing it right now. Um, and more than anything, I think it's the story of you turning around your life and the inspiration that it provides for others who are following behind you, man. That's that's big. So um, props to you. Continued success and, and stay healthy. And, and hopefully this thing will get turned around for you guys. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all having me. It means a lot. You know, Steve, Darren had me scared there for a minute. I thought, you know, he had talked to us before he talked to his parents. With, you know. <laughs> I was, we were both kind of like, wait, what? Yeah, I'm like, no, 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 you don't want to do that. We're, we're happy to have you, but, you know, first things first. So it was good to hear that he let him know beforehand. Um, but just what um, what a special young man, you know. And, and again, his story is so inspirational that, um, you know, you you root for guys like that. At least I do. So props to him. And uh, as I said, hopefully continued health and success. Yeah, I thought it was dope that he took some songs off your playlist for his pregame hype music. <laughs> you know what the bad part is, though? Even when he talked about, you know, the, the whole R&B, layback R&B feel and whatnot and mentioned the rappers, I still didn't know who they were. You know, no. I felt bad. No. I wish I had. I wish I knew. Now, they sound like some upstart guys. You know, you know, kind of the underground people are, are, are really – 
some of the best artists coming out today. I mean, there's some really good music coming out, but it's not the stuff you're going to hear on the radio or pumped a million times because they're just, they're artists, Jim. They're not video no. artists. They're out there singing and doing their thing. But I'm going to say Darren, Darren has inspired me to look them <laughs> up and to check them out. So I, I will do that. How's that? There you go. Look, I, I just thought it was really great. You know, besides the, the personal story, I'm talking about, look, as a team, they're not out there pointing fingers, you know, because we know that the defense has led this team down this year. And, you know, they know that they're on the verge of getting close. And it's got to be a little discouraging knowing you're in the same division as the Kansas City Chiefs and they're on the come up. Um, but he's just, like you said, a really, really, you know, sharp young man. You wish the best for him. And he's really taken – some of the new elements of what teams are doing with tight ends to a new level. I mean, we see what Travis Kelsey is doing, but I mean, if you watch Darren Waller play, he's in line blocking. He's, he's, he's getting downfield on a lot of plays as well. And he just, the athleticism that he brings to that position. I mean, we, we were speaking to, uh, to Sean Payton before the game this week. And he was like, man, we faced Darren Waller and that dude, he's real. We know we got Kelsey, but Darren Waller is a real, a real player. So, I mean, that, that's something to be said. Jim, before we get out of here, we know there's a Pro Bowl, a lot of a lot of positive stuff. We need to pay a little homage to uh, a gentleman who went into the class of 2016 Pro Football Hall of Fame, Kevin Green, oh. um, who died Monday at the age of 58. It is devastating news. Devastating news. Um, you know, we both know Kevin. I spent a lot of time with him after you and your selectors uh, voted him to the Pro Football Hall of Fame that week up in Canton. I've spent time with him since. He really had committed himself into helping younger players and younger people on and off the field. And to know that at age 58, he is no longer with us. It is it is a kick in the gut. No, it's devastating. It's um, When I saw the news today, it was like, wait a minute, what? You know, it's just like I, I couldn't believe it. Um, because initially what came across my email was, you know, an email from David Baker, the president of the, of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And it said, um, it was talking about the Hall of Fame, you know, extends its condolences too. And I'm expecting to hear about some, you know, maybe 80 year old player, you know, something like that. And then when I saw Kevin Green at 58, it's just like, man, you know, just another reminder that life is short and precious and, and you have to take advantage of the time that you have make the most of it because tomorrow's not promised. And again, I think, you know, when you hear Darren Waller, what he talked about today, tomorrow's not promised. Everything can be taken away from you and see that uh, a player that so many of us love watching play and the way he played it full, full throated and completely floor, you know, pedal to the floor um, taken from us. Again, cherish everything that you have. It is the holiday season. We are not going to be able to necessarily see everybody we'd like to see, but keep everybody in your thoughts. Mask up. Let's get over this thing, but let's also just really understand what's precious in life because, again, losing Kevin Green, man, I'm, I'm still blown away by that. Yeah, I, I have no words. My condolences to uh... – his family and loved ones. Just unbelievable. All right, Jim. It's a, it's a somber note, but we're going to, you know, we're glad that people joined us. Listen to another great podcast. We got more coming up for you later this week. Michael Vick is supposed to join us. We should have that dropping on Christmas Eve. And you talk about redemption, forgiveness. A lot of things we heard Darren Waller talk about. Mike Vick, 
his journey uh, is one we're going to talk about because he's been through an awful lot as well. But Jim, why don't you go ahead and take us take us home? Yeah, we appreciate you all listening. As always, please subscribe to the podcast. Leave us your comments, your thoughts, uh, your wishes. That way we can give you more of what you're funking for. Right on, right on for our man, Thomas Warren, who's on the mic on the ones and twos. His mic is on mute because we really don't hear his voice. we got to get him on one day. Our producer, Thomas Warren, who's on the ones and twos behind the scene. And Jim Trotter. We are the Howard Mob. I am Steve White, and we are out. Mask up, people. Mask up. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.